Welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys, Three Crowns, the podcast about what it's really like to live in Stockholm, Sweden. Join me, Sean, and my fellow American, Rodney, as we explore the good, the bad, and the just plain weird. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it's gone right through my head. Oh, I think we're going to need a bigger boat in here. <laughs> wow. I, I, I dig it. I, I like it. We got it. a full house. And I figured, you know, since we have a guest, 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 guest yes. everybody, yes. bringing with the theme. Um, of an ancient culture that likes to go out on boats. Ooh. I figure there's no more boaty of a boat song than, than the than Jaws that, song. Than that. Than that. I like it. I like it. Sean, as you said, we have a, a new guest today um, that we are very excited to have. Somebody that I've actually wanted to have on for a while, and we have... Everything has, has kind of matched up, and we have him, and we would like to welcome Eric, and I'm going to actually say Ostergren. Very well um, done. And in English, that would be Ostergren, I think. But we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna actually stick with the Ostergren. Um, yes. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Um, I you. am really excited to, to, finally, to finally have you on, on board here. It's a and we to have, be here. We, yeah, we, we have a lot to talk about, but I'm going to go ahead and maybe, <laughs> let's see, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a, a brief little intro. Um, and I am going to say that uh, the Two Guys podcast, um, since we're here in Stockholm, in Sweden, um, and as I do social media stuff, I also look for interesting people that we can follow. Uh, that have some kind of Scandinavian connection most of the time. And in my searching and researching and travels, I came across the Viking Museum. Um, and one of the reasons that I saw the Viking Museum or that it caught my attention was uh, the clips that they had. And one of the people in the clips, the person that I thought was fantastic, was Eric. Eric was in the clip, and he was uh, he they did this show uh, or some of the shows that they that they did do were both in english and then they would do a swedish version um and you looked extremely comfortable in in both of those as well as extremely knowledgeable but and extremely uh, viking for extremely, everyone at home not watching on the feed he's exactly what you would envision of eric the viking working at the viking museum like the I hope it's a good thing. Beard, that, that, like just joyously. It, yeah, it is. It's actually a beautiful thing. <clears throat> um, but Eric, tell tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about you and and work and some of the things that you're that you're doing right now. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you saw those videos on Instagram. Uh, mm. Because we did those on, on the Viking Museum's Instagram page during, yeah, uh, for for a while, uh, an episode for the last two years. We did those once a week in both Swedish and English, as you said. Yeah. And we all had all, all kinds of different topics about the Viking Age. And 
I'm glad that you said that I looked comfortable because I, I do really like to talk about these things. So <laughs> so whenever I can do it, that's uh, that's the real Eric in a way. And then uh, when I'm out of the spotlight and not talking about the Viking Age and maybe talking about other more present day things, I'm not quite as as no. as, as sheery. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so but my name is Eric, and you got my last name perfect. So very well done, Östergren. And now I live in Stockholm, in the part of Stockholm called Midsommarkransen, where many other people also have big beards. Uh, it's like the, the hipster part of Stockholm. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> when, I, when I moved here seven years ago, I was like, oh, everybody looks like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had these, these yeah. striped shirts and the Lumberjack uh, shirts and the big yeah, yeah. beards and beanies. So I, I fit right in. Uh, and I've been working at the Viking Museum for five years, and I have my background in archaeology. So I have my master's degree in archaeology here in Stockholm. Okay. Uh, and I have also, I think in uh, American terms, uh, we talk about you major in something and then you have a mi minor in something. Right. And because I'm not sure we do have the same kind of terms in Sweden, and I think it's just a great way to explain it. But uh, I also have uh, read many things and studied many things with old Nordic languages. So old mm. Norse and runes and Icelandic sagas. Wow. Okay. So when my friends studied things like French and Spanish so that they, they could go on nice vacations in warm countries, yeah. I studied <laughs> dead languages in cold countries. <laughs> so so my, my parents are quite disappointed with the vacations I wanted to take there for a while. <laughs> right. I, I made it work. Yeah. Say we're say we're going north. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No ordering uh, beers in Spain. Just like go up to Kiruna and then <laughs> read a rock. Yeah, and and the thing is, I I never been very far north in in Sweden. I've been okay. north of Sweden when I went to Norway, and I've been to Iceland and the Faroe Islands and stuff. But in Sweden, it took quite a long time before I even reached Umeå. Wow. But uh, yeah. Central Sweden, that's where, where I've been hanging around for all my life. And I grew up just about one hour north of Stockholm. So I've been in the, the area. In, the, in, in, the, in this area. Mm. Eric, so since you went into, was it a fascination or was it an interest? You must have had this pretty early on. Um, and then it, you just pursued it um, more since you got a, a master's and when did your interest and how did that start? Uh, the, the first bedtime stories I remember from my family, it's the stories about the, the gods of the Vikings. So I even have the same book in my bookshelf now that my father read to me when I was a child. And there is this, uh, when I took my master's degree, my, my father and mother, they found this old photo of me. I'm maybe two or three years old and I'm standing yeah. next to a runestone. So it's kind of like I didn't even have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then when I was uh, still in uh, school, uh, I was going to graduate and it was time to pick something to do as an adult. Right. And I was going to go into the military service. And because I'm not a very organized person, I thought if I do that for a few months, maybe I'll be organized afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was if one of the few. anyone can make you organized. Yeah. So yeah. I was one of the few guys in uh, my class that uh, wanted to do that. Uh, but then I would uh, go into the army service, military service, uh, 
after like half a year after I graduated. I needed something to do for half a year. Right. And then I opened this book of uh, courses to take at university. And on the first page, it's archaeology because it begins with an A. Right. And I thought, well, I all... <laughs> I always liked dinosaurs, so yeah. I, I picked right. that. And then on the first uh, day at this course, I was talking to some of my new course, course mates. Yeah. And someone said, so why did you want to study archaeology? And I said, yeah, well, you know, ever since I saw Jurassic Park as a child, that's when a dream uh, happened. And yeah. they said, isn't that paleontology? Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember screaming Indiana inside. Indiana Jones, not Jurassic Park. Yeah, uh, exactly. So I screamed inside because then I realized, oh, they are correct, of course. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the wrong course. Uh, so I said, well, you know, it's the thing we dig into the ground. So I, which was like a bad save. Right. But uh, so I studied that for like half a year. And during that half a year, uh, the, the government of Sweden, they or the parliament, they removed the military service. So then uh, that didn't happen. I think maybe they heard a rumor that this unorganized guy from north of Stockholm was going <laughs> in. Uh, but uh, so that didn't happen. And I read something else for a few months, but then I went back to archaeology and uh, I, I was stuck ever since. So I had this slumbering interest throughout my life. Yeah. And then I got stuck bad. So. So okay. now it's my life. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good thing they didn't have the study of aardvarks because uh, <laughs> that, that would be for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I had one friend. He he stopped reading archaeology after a few, uh, like after uh, one and a half years to study archives. So, so he took one step. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he took the next course. <laughs> so maybe he's going to biology next year. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, he flipped to the next page. Yeah. Right. (laughs) now you um just so that people also get a a good feeling for for uh for the breadth of what you do uh the viking museum is kind of where i saw you and found you and then all of a sudden discovered that you also had a podcast exactly Uh, and There's there's only a couple of things that that have challenged my Swedish pronunciation, and I don't know why why uh, why this why the name of this podcast. I think it's because there there's there's an H missing. I, I think that there's an H missing in it, but it's mythology podden. Yes. Yes. So mythology podden or the mythology podcast. Yeah. I'm so I'm so happy yeah. that you got stuck on this because uh, at work we do have a TikTok account. And I was talking about uh, the old gods and stuff. And then I had all of these comments saying, mythology, no, mythology, yes. Because yes, I, <laughs> even when I was speaking English, I would say mythology. Yeah. <laughs> because that's the way you should say it. But yeah, uh, mythology podden, it's a s- Swedish language podcast about mm-hmm. mythologies from all over the world. So I do talk about, or me and Lee, we talk about many things connected to the old Norse, but we also mm-hmm. have so many different parts of the world and it's even more than I could imagine when we started because I do realize there have been many people over the world for a very long time of course they would have believed in different things or still believe in different Mm -hmm. things but it's real interesting to just go into these stories and uh, some of them are hilarious or, or fun and then some are just so 
incredibly gory and there are uh, it's a lot of blood yeah uh, in many myths so yeah now how how often uh, does the podcast how often do you do you post on the pod and how old is the pod the Uh, pod has been around yeah we're on season three now so we started in um, 20 2020 and we started to plan before everything went south so but uh, then we could record a a few uh, episodes before we started to post them but uh, we used like in the first season we did two episodes a month Mm -hmm. but then we did one episode a month in season two but now we're going to one major episode every month and then one smaller episode and the smaller episodes me and lee we do those separately so it's supposed to be like 15 minutes or so okay okay hey but i mean that that's part of the whole podcasting adventure right is yeah. to, to find that find that rhythm and and like now there's also another podcast and i'm not sure is that one that uh, is that one that you have uh and that's viking viking apoden uh, the viking podcast is also in swedish and that's one is uh, f- at work and mm. uh, we started that uh, at the same l- right after we we're doing those videos that you saw on instagram we st- started to do the the podcast and then i had some experience from my other podcast and then work for thought or and my bosses thought it was a good idea to to have that as well right and we've done one season and um it's uh, where you can find podcasts, as one says. Uh, yeah. And I'm supposed to start the second season. I was supposed to start a few months ago. But uh, things have gotten in the way. But I hope that I'll be able to start as soon as possible. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> we just got a bunch of people out there waiting, but uh, no pressure. No, no, and the thing is, I know that they're waiting because they message. And I met some people out there. And it's, it's uh, because I started to do podcasts now, like, two and a half years ago. And... Mm it felt more like a project for me and my friends but uh, then people contact and they i understand that they they like to listen and that's so cool and uh, i'm happy to be able to spread this kind of knowledge right um now you have been you said you've been at the viking museum for five years i believe Hmm? yes and uh, now is the viking museum i have to admit and I told you this uh, when we spoke briefly before. Uh, I was actually at the museum next door. Yeah. <laughs> but that was intentional. It wasn't that I got lost and I ended up at the wrong museum. Um, but the Viking Museum is actually on our on our to-do list. How, how old is the Viking Museum? It, 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 the Viking Museum has been open for five years. We celebrated five years two weeks ago. Yeah. So I was at the first group interview they had for stuff. And I've been there ever since. Okay. We are now two people still from the first uh, group of <laughs> stuff right. left. Uh, yeah. And like um, I have uh, my the number I have within the company. I'm number five mm-hmm. because I was the fifth person to be hired, and now we passed like 110. So right. it just is such a is <laughs> so clear now that I I've been there for a while. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> number five. Yeah. They put and that serial um, number on you. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Like. Um, and the Viking Museum is on. Um, it, it's actually it's actually next to another fairly well known um, Swedish museum. What could that be? It's a, also something with a boat. Perhaps the one that you were singing about earlier. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No, so, so we're on the island of Djurgården, which has mm. many different museums. And I'm quite sure that you're talking about the Vasa Museum. Yes. Uh, which has this very well-preserved ship from the, what is it, the 16th or 17th century. Mm. But there are also other museums like uh, Skansen is perhaps uh, one other major one when talking about Swedish museums. And I think it's right. the oldest open air museum in the world. So yeah, that's kind of a big deal as well. But it's so good to work out on this island because all of the museums in the museum, uh, what do you say, uh, business, <laughs> right. everybody knows yeah. everybody. Uh, yeah. So you walk around, you can just go to all these different places and it's uh, so so fun to have all of them collected at the same place. And it's now, also good when pe- people are visiting Sweden because everything's there. Right. Now, do people do people look like the museum that they work at? Like when they, they're like, uh... Like when game. dogs look like their owners? Is that well, what you're thinking at? Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm just thinking because if it is a small community, they're like, that's Eric. That's, and we know where Eric works at. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Viking Museum stuff are the ones that are most easy to recognize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and because I'm not the, the only one with a beard, uh, yeah. but uh, it's an interesting thought. But uh, hmm. no, it's uh, other than that, uh, people are individuals. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> Right. So the ABBA yeah. museum staff aren't walking around in bell bottoms. I, I was actually time. thinking about the ABBA staff. <laughs> uh, uh, do they have these high, like high heel right. boots? No, no <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Platformer shoes and, yeah. and, and glitter. Oh no, here ah. come the Viking guys. Here come the Viking. Here come the Viking guys. No, but I think like ABBA and Vikings is a very good thing to combine because one thing is famous for going out into the world with men and women with long hair and beards and they would change time forever and they would have a huge impact on the surrounding world and right. the others are vikings so, <laughs> <laughs> so abba and vikings do have many things in common in common yeah. um uh i i think that you guys should actually uh, do like like little sporting events um, you know, where you could have like a volleyball game where the Viking Museum challenges the ABBA Museum, but but we'll have to we'll have to see if uh, if we can get I'll something like that. I'll skip the Shane mail on that today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Eric, you also know, actually, you know a lot about, uh, and this has been one of my fascinations for a long time, and since you know since I was little, and I actually got to see my first one in like real life. Uh, I think it's it's just a couple of summers ago when we were on Erlan, but I'm talking about runestones. Now I'm, I'm so glad that you that you found this interest. It's a great interest to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm just so so fascinated with uh, you know, well, with the fact that they're they're still around, and unlike the um, unlike some of the other. What's the other one with the rocks that that's the uh, picture stones, uh, perhaps Stonehenge? Stonehenge. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, now Stonehenge, you have you know the a, rocks, you know, with the rock and the, the stand around yeah. and the, <clears throat> but you have one Stonehenge um, with the rune stones. I mean, can, can I even ask? Is that even a question? Like, how many rune stones there are in? 
in Sweden. My colleague, he's going to laugh so much right now because I always talk about this and I always wave my hands the same way. But there are 3,200 runestones in the world and about 2,500 in Sweden. Wow. So so Sweden has the the large part of all of the runestones. And uh, we can compare that to there are 50 to 100 Viking Age runestones in Norway and mm. about 250 in Denmark so that Sweden has 2500 wow. it's a lot and uh, this is uh, now nowadays in Sweden we don't talk so much about uh, the landscapes uh, which are it's an, it's an old way of uh, dividing parts in Sweden and we do have uh, in Stockholm is right on the border between Södermanland and Uppland so these are two different right. kinds of so not landscape as look at those nice hills. It's mm. rather a old medieval way of settling a country. Mm-hmm. And uh, from Stockholm and north, we do have Uppland. And in Uppland, there are about 1,200 runestones. So this is where we have wow. the l- large parts. Okay. So I'm also quite happy that I was born in Uppland because then I'm <laughs> close to all of the runestones. So that's where the runestone factory was. More or less, yes. And it just seems like they had this boom, the runestone boom, where they made all of these runestones because most of them were made within 100 years. So runestones were made through over like 1,000 years from the first to the last in one unbroken tradition. But most runestones were made within 100 years in Uppland. Uh, And we often see like fashion, that's something that we do nowadays, but fashion was a very important part of life 1000 years ago as well. So suddenly the people living (laughs) north of Stockholm were like, oh, the cool kids are making runestones. And yes, also, uh, you have an audience uh, in other countries uh, than Sweden, am I right? Yes. Yes. So a rune stone, it's uh, runes was the writing system of the Viking Age and also runes were used before the viking age as well and these were carved on either objects or more famously carved on stones and if you have runes on a stone it's a rune stone yeah just to clarify now now are they all pretty big or are they (coughs) because the ones that i've seen are are pretty pretty big Mm it depends on how you define a runestone. Okay. Like, <laughs> because it depends on what you mean. Now this is where we get to the weird areas. <laughs> but uh, like, there are stone objects like just a few centimeters big and someone carved runes on them. But that's not the typical runestone. That's more of a whetstone for sharpening a knife and it has runes on it. It's like but a little postcard, postcard rune. Yeah, more, more or less. <laughs> okay. oh, we, we can talk about some very good runic inscriptions like that later okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a great conversation yeah. uh, but uh, most rune stones are quite big and uh, let's say yeah most of them are as tall as i am so mm. uh, 174 centimeters or something okay uh, no idea how to say that in american <laughs> uh, it's like this tall yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then there are some proper rune stones that are maybe just uh, one meter. What's that? Three feet tall. Okay. And there, I think the tallest rune stone is about four and a half meter. So, oh, holy smokes! So that's a big thing. And some things that are called rune stones are also carved onto r- like uh, mountain slabs. Yeah, and that's also 
that's it's more difficult to define how big it is. Mm. Uh, but uh, that also it's such a it's such an imprint in the landscape and now the proper landscape, not the old medieval way of defining a country. But so, so if you make a runestone and it will fall over after some time, the, mm-hmm. we know many runestones, they have disappeared, they have fallen over, they have been destroyed. But if you carve a runestone into a mountain, right. it won't fall over. That's not going no. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It might be destroyed one way or another, but for many cases, it'll be there. Yeah. Nobody's going to tip it over. No, no. If they do, okay. they deserve the, the honor of doing <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> then skull for you, my friend. Yeah. You've tipped that one over. Mm. Now, now I have I have uh, on my my bucket list, uh, and I've only been here ooh, going on sixteen years now. Uh, Berka, oh, is is on my my to do list, and that seems to be one of those things that always pop up where my wife and I are like, we have to go. Yes, we have to go. We're gonna love it. We're gonna love it. And now we're sixteen years later. We have not made it to Berka yet. So I but should put it on my bucket list already. Actually, you should take it off of my bucket list and do it, and then <laughs> I can go. But that uh, that's another one of those interesting things that's in the Stockholm-ish area, would you, would you say? Yes, and uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to have on your bucket list. And I do, it's very difficult to compete with someone like me on this, like being born in Sweden and in the Stockholm area and really liking the Viking Age. So I understand it's difficult to compete with. On the other hand, it took uh, 30 years for me to get there. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, so I also had it on my bucket list for so, a long time. So I have some time. Yes. I have some time. Okay. Uh, exactly. So I went there for the first time last year and Birka, you can take the boat from uh, central Stockholm. Okay. And uh, they oh, leave wow. in the morning, and it's uh, it's a wonderful boat ride. There it takes, I think, it's like one and a half hour or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and then you get to this island, which is uh, west of Stockholm. And the waters around Stockholm, it has been water here forever, and this has been a very important route when people in the Viking Age and other eras, when they wanted to have contact with the outside world, right. and also they do like to have their trading posts a little bit away from the sea or ocean, mm-hmm. so then Birka is in the perfect place because it's on an island in Lake Mälaren. So mm-hmm. in the Viking Age, it was founded in the 750s-ish, and as a merchant's place and people go there trade things and buy things and not only local people but also people from other countries would go there mm-hmm. now with the help of dna they have been able to dna test this uh, graves found in birka and there are people that were born in germany but they died in birka so people go uh, mm-hmm. over large areas and there are so many interesting international objects in that trading place but nowadays, uh, or it uh, took until the end of the 1800s until archaeologists became quite sure that it was the Birka mentioned in old written text that was on this island, Björke. Mm. And Björke mi- means uh, Birch Island. Mm-hmm. And if you say that in Latin, it'll sound like Birka. So Birka uh-huh. is the Latin name, while the Viking Age people would have said something like Björk A or something. Very epic. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, now the the town is uh, f- for since about one thousand one hundred years. It's 
been abandoned and it appears that someone burnt Birka even. It might have been part of a bigger conflict for power. Maybe the traders at this place were too powerful, too rich, and then mm. the Swedish king wanted to do something about it. Or it could be pirates or something from another country that came and raided. Mm. It's difficult to know where we are now. But now Birka has been... Um, just so that uh, so that our listeners know, Birke is someplace that is, I'm not going to say a tourist destination, but but it is well, it is a tourist destination. I mean, tourists mm. uh, or anybody that's interested can go, and it is. W- how do you? What would you call that? It's not a, it's not an amusement park. Nope. It's actually um, a Viking village. Exactly. So. Uh, we don't have the luxury of like ancient Greece that the houses are still left. They have been disowned since a long time. But they have rebuilt a small Viking village with wonderful small houses. Or they're quite big even. And this is one of the things that I kind of didn't... I knew that there were supposed to be Viking houses at Birka. But then when I got there, I, I just walked around there. Uh, forever because I just like the environment and it's just yeah. by the water and they built the houses the same way as people built them 1000 years ago and I went there at the end of summer so it wasn't much activity but earlier in the summer there are people with authentic Viking clothing going around right. there doing Viking age things uh, so you can visit that village there is also that you can join a guided tour that will go around on diff- at different parts that were ex- have been excavated, excavated. by archaeologists. Okay. Yeah, by archaeologists. And you can see, like, it's a Viking Age grave field. And you can see the burial mounds. And you can go and look over where the town was 1,000 years ago. And right. even though the houses are gone, we can still, with the help of the guide, you can get an image of what it looked like yeah. with all of the houses and all of the... All of the people talking, living their lives, trading things. So many people, a few thousand could, or two and a half thousand could live there at the same time. Right. And they also found remains of, it's called the Garrison. Okay. And this is on a mountain top. And now we're not talking, not Mount Everest, more of a hill, hilltop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Swedish, you can, Swedish Mount Everest. Yeah, you, you can walk up. It's uh, it's not a very big mountain. Okay. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, but from the artifacts found there, they have uh, understood that there was a military presence. Maybe they were kind of a those keeping everything under control, some ah, kind of security. Okay. What if someone invaded? But also perhaps they were the ones keeping things under control for a king or another kind of leader. Right. So in this uh, house building, they found weaponry and uh, small pieces of armor, but also everyday things. And it seems to be that these warriors that had everything under control, they Mm. also had lots of combs. And combs are the second most common kind of artifact from the Viking Age. So it's not surprising like that. But it's also quite nice to imagine all of these Viking warriors sitting there, (laughs) fixing their hair, trying to look good, (laughs) taking care of yourself, (laughs) maybe get rid of some itchy lice or something. Right, right, yeah. Uh, be, be like, I think we're getting attacked. And be like, yeah, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Just give me, give me, if you can just give me a couple My minutes. beard's yes. hanging a little bit to little the bit left. And I mean, this is quite far away from like the pop culture Viking, but mm. from artifacts that we have, they would have been very careful with their appearance. Mm. Jewelry, they wanted to 
comb their hair. They want to look good. And it's not this long-haired barbarian. If I went back in time, they yeah. would look at me like, why why haven't you fixed your beard lately? Because uh, this is way too bushy. You want so to they all look like, like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and in some of the Thor movies, I'm quite sure that he would even have like too long hair. And uh, yeah, they, like we do know about hairstyles from men in the Viking Age. Yeah. And one is called the reverse mullet because they would shave the back of their head and then have longer hair on the front ah, of their head. Ah, okay. Uh, and I think, uh, I think I've seen that at a Waffle House somewhere. At a, at a what? <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a Waffle House. Ah. Uh, uh, no, I think uh, that it, now that you mention it, I think. Uh, <laughs> Now we're jumping all over. Hey. Uh, but the Viking series, Bjorn, when he was little, I think had one of those reverse. I'm so happy that you remember that because it's the uh, most authentic Viking haircut I had seen in a movie. Okay. <laughs> so that was such a great detail. Yeah, because uh, when I saw that, I was thinking, okay, wow, somebody really messed up there. <laughs> but uh, no, no, okay. that, that was, and we can see it in uh, depictions and it's in written sources. So that's good. And um, yeah, and now, like Eric, some people Eric, just had a mustache. So. Yeah, Eric, with, um, with, with Viking series, with Viking mm -hmm. movies, we know that there's some big you know, blockbusters out. We know that there are series that have been extremely popular that I personally have loved. Um, but when you watch these, how do you feel? Is it kind of a mix of can you, can you step back, look at it, and enjoy? Or do you kind of like... That's not really an authentic haircut. Nobody had a part on the left side like that. No. Uh, I wouldn't advise anyone to look at a historical movie with an archaeologist. <laughs> okay. Because we are so boring when it's like watching Gladiator. And Gladiator, it's yeah. a huge step forward compared to other historical movies at the time. Right. But still, up, 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 up. I saw yeah. something. Yeah. Right there, so, yeah. so archaeologists can be quite boring when it comes to things like these but uh, i have s i think i'm on season four of the tv series vikings okay. and uh, uh like the material culture the the clothes the artifacts mm. the weaponry uh, i do not agree that those are viking age but right. still they they use so many different historical events and they use uh, characters and, for example, have you also seen the TV series uh, uh, Sean? I have, I have seen the Vikings with Ragnar Lothbrok and Bjorn, yeah. as, as uh, Rodney was talking about. But I know there's yeah. like a million Viking things right now. Yeah, but like, you have seen that TV series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so then you know the character Rollo? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you like him? You don't have because I often ask people this question and they always go like this, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, it's like I don't know if I like him. I don't know uh, if I don't like him. Like I know what's the um, the character, the son that can't walk. We all know uh, he's a villain. Yeah. He's like blatantly, uh, obviously, throw it mm. in your face, a villain. Mm. But Rolo, I'm like, mm, I don't know how to feel mm. about him. No, no, uh, and I think uh, then we're on the same page, you and I. But uh, if you like him, like he was a real person. He, we know where he's buried. He's buried in Rouen, and uh, okay. it has been there ever since he, he died. So that's one hundred percent a real person. 
And it's quite cool that something like that made it into a TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, because Vikings have been in pop culture for a very long time, but right. most often they create some kind of Viking Vikingsen and they because they use cool names and then they just make something Viking. But in the TV series Viking, most of the main characters are based on someone that was either a real person right. or is someone mm. that we can read about in more legendary written sources. Mm. Uh, Ragnar Lofbrok, he was also someone that people would talk about in the Viking Age right. because uh, he, we do have these early medieval written sources where he's this young prince going out into the world. It's very, very classic like that. And he fights a dragon. So it's perhaps not a documentary that's supposed <laughs> okay. to be real life. <laughs> right. But for, for the people that heard it 1,000 years ago, it might have been. Right. And uh, we do know that there was, of course, many people in the Viking Age called Ragnar. Yeah. And we do know that it was a Viking Age chieftain in the 800s. And he attacked Paris. And mm. he, in the French sources written in Latin at the time, they called him... Reginheri, ah. which is not a, it's not a Norse or Northern name, but it could be French people trying to understand who's this right. Ragnar guy. Sure. So, so it could sure. have been many different Ragnars, and then after a few d- generations of an oral tradition, they would have the Super Ragnar, and he also fight dragons. Okay. Uh, and so we do have written sources for that. But in the TV series, Ragnar yeah. and Rollo, they are brothers. Yeah. And if Ragnar was a real person, they never met. It's at least 100 years between them. But uh, still, they used real sources to create this story. And I think right. that's a huge step forward. And this is something that we now see in other kinds of pop culture. Uh, we okay. have uh, the, the Last Kingdom. We have mm-hmm. the Outlaw King, which is set in the medieval era. People are starting to use more accurate sources. Still, right. they have some artistic liberties but they use real things. And this creates an interest at work. There are people that come to my work and their only contact with the Viking Age has been the TV series Vikings. And they want to learn more. And it's not just they want to learn more about the TV series. They already know about the actors and stuff. They want to know about the real Viking Age. That's probably a better jumping off point than Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right. Love and, and mean, thunder. Yeah. And for it's he also works because I have these school classes and I can I show them different kind of uh, piece of jewelry from the Viking Age and I show the Thor hammer which was a pen, pendant used in the Viking Age. Yeah. And I ask do anyone know what this is? And they say it's the hammer of Thor. And then I say and do you know what it's called? And they say Mjolnir. So Okay. So, and <laughs> I, I got mean, that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I asked them, I'm a little bit mean then. I said, yeah. you know, this from the Marvel movies or from the Viking Age. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, but even a thing like that, it creates an interest. And I, I mean, it's very, I think it's very important to have an interest or some kind of understanding for the past. And even though if you focus on the Viking Age, you right. get some things, some things just come along. And to have an understanding for people in the past, it will help people have an understanding for people nowadays. In fact, so, and, and and Eric, I think that uh, had all uh, had all of that not happen, then we wouldn't have been fortunate enough to have you here with us today, telling exactly. us about the Viking 
story. Eric, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap it up, but it, mm-hmm. it obviously sounds like we have more stuff to discuss yeah, yeah. Um, oh. uh, about this. Sean and I are going to try and spend by the spend by work, mm-hmm. spend by the museum and pay you a visit. Uh, we're going to go ahead and include links in the episode description that, so that people can go in and find out more information about what we've talked about. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for joining us. We will be in touch. Um, have a wonderful, I was going to say midsummer, but have a wonderful whole summer. Uh, thank and thank you again for, for, for joining us, Eric. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening to me rambling on about the Viking Age. My friends and family are very happy that you took one for the team and listened to me. We are not only happy to have done it, we might actually take another one for the team down the no. road. Yeah. Um, looking, but thank, like, you, thank you. I just Eric, wanted to get one yeah. more thing about Birka. They also yes. have a museum yeah, so that we have all of the experience out there. There we go. Yes. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. Take care and we will stay in touch. Great. Have a nice day. Nice meeting you. All right, everyone. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much to Eric the Viking for sailing on over to the podcast today. We truly appreciate it. We're going to put links in the episode description as usual so you can go check out the Viking Museum Museum yourself and, yeah, all the cool content that they got going on. So be sure to check that out and then come back here next time for more Two Guys, Three Crowds. (laughs) 